Arizona Power Trip during Ram Power Days going on now at Bettenhausen Ram on 159th Street in Tinley Park. There's no time like now to grab life by the horns. Your best Ram buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. With Brian Hanley, I'm Pat Boyle, coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios in downtown Chicago. Brian, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing fine, all things considered. Uh, the hockey team that uh, I'm kind of married to, that uh, I cover on a daily basis, is uh, mired in a little bit of a skid here. Six-game losing Lee Ely would say we're mired in a little bit of difficulty. A little bit of difficulty. I mean, they got some, uh, they got some I don't expect overtime Dick, losses there. but uh, I don't yeah. expect Derek King to go all Lee Ely on, the, on anybody anytime no, soon. No, no, no. And if he did, I don't think we would get it sent to us. They would make sure that that would not make its way to the public. Um... What do you take away? So, like, the the one thing we saw when Derrick King took over, they they got better defensively. They had great goaltending from Lankin and Flurry. They were in basically every single contest. Mm-hmm. And they were relying on their two stars to help pull the nose up and, and put one in the win column, namely Debrinkit and Kane. Well, Kane hasn't scored now in, in 11 games. Yeah. Um, Which followed like a 13-game, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the other day, double doinks one off the post on on the anniversary of Cody Parkey's three-year double doink against Philly. I mean, that's the kind of... That's kind of the crap we're talking about these he, days. But he's not going to get the Cody Parkey treatment. No, 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 he's certainly not, no. Um, so th- the problem I'm having is, is, well, first of all, the loss... The 6-4 loss to the last place Coyotes, I got a problem with that. That should count that for three losses. Happen. That should be like so. It should be like a nine-game losing streak now. You look at the four games, and they're giving up an average of over five goals per game since the two-week layoff. And that's that was the mini training camp, right? And, and right. you thought you had the defense figured out, and you're working on the PK, which is really hadn't paid any dividends since the two weeks or the week that you worked on it. There, I mean, there's. We talked about triaging. Now the defense is is back on the list of things you need to to be concerned about. Yes. So you know that they're they're not protecting the house, which oh. is the prime real estate in yeah. front of the goal, and uh, and that's been an issue. So Derek King was asked yesterday. The guys they got to uh, Vegas and they had a workout. They will play the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, eight thirty pregame show. For that, as uh, Mark Andre Fleury returns to his old stomping ground, so I want to get into that coming sure, up in, in a little bit as yeah. well. But uh, here's Derek King and what he sees from his team and what needs to be fixed. Just be be upbeat, uh, have some life. Don't get the poor me uh, feeling in the locker room. Um, I think they had a little closed door talk yesterday or after the game, and 
All we can do is just move forward. Uh, they know what they, they know how they played, and we know as coaches how we played. So we'll correct a few things and uh, talk about them and uh, move on. What things do you want to correct, and what did you tell them when you finally did get to talk to them? Well, it was the biggest thing for us was the D zone coverage. We were kind of like fading. Uh, we're not stopping in the house. We're uh, we're coming back. We're there, but then we disappear instead of stopping, and that was the main topic. That's why the first drill today was just simple, basic D-zone coverage 101. Uh, come back, switch slides with the puck, come back out, come back in, stop, and then play it out. So um, just a refresher, that's all. So that's Derek King on uh, the need to improve defensive zone coverage, and that's something that plagued this team big time under Colleton. Yep. It was cleaned up. They played a more simplistic game once Derek started with this team, but they have uh, uh, reverted back to that uh, th- those ways a bit. So they they worked on that in practice yesterday. He remains calm, cool, and collected. I think, as you can tell from my voice, I'm not as calm and nor cool as Derek King. And I would love to have been in that closed-door meeting and see how calm, cool, and collected Jonathan Taves and some of the other leaders were or are. As you said, you lose to that Arizona team. It's inexcusable. And and the one thing about this team under Derrick King is they have competed. Even coming back from two goal deficits, they've they've come back to find a way to make it relevant in the final minutes, get to those extra sessions, and and try to win and at least get a point. But that's not good enough. And you know we talked about it last week. Um, how far with, with Scott Powers? How far away is this team? Well. With each loss, and when you really take a hard look at this roster, it, it's tough, to, and, and Scotty said it, I think you know, three years might be optimistic at this point. Kyle Davidson, interim GM, does he, as we get closer to the trade deadline, how much authority, if he wanted to make huge moves, I mean, if someone picked up the phone and said, Alex Dabrinkit, what, you know, what do you need to, to talk about, Alex? By, by the way, is that our poll question this morning? I, I, I hope it is. Um, well, and the question is? If if the Hawks were given a great offer for Alex Dabrinkit, should they trade him? Yes, no, stop the day drinking. No and stop the day drinking. Those are my answers. Well, but here's the thing. I, I See, I have to listen. This team, no, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah, well, he's first 24 all, what, years what would, old. What would be a good deal for you? Oh, Give, I, I, I mean, I, I would hopefully, you know, if you put the word out that he's available, hopefully your phone's ringing off the hook and you can sort through. It would have to overwhelm you, right? And again, as an interim GM, you, you know, who do you take that to? Uh, you, uh, you have to go up to, to ownership, obviously. But we know they're doing CSI front office and they're redoing the whole, you know, they're, they're taking their time to figure out the structure or restructuring the front office. But it's beyond, you know, I don't even know what you get for Jonathan Taves anymore. God bless him. But given his salary cap and his no movement trade uh, clause and, you know, Patrick Kane, you should have that conversation with him. If, if are you willing to be moved? Mark Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury. I, I think, he has to be moved, right? I know he has a list of ten teams he, that you cannot trade him to, right? But I, I, I or think ten, ten teams that you can trade him to. I think yeah. it is. Oh, he, he he would likely. I, mean, I I don't know. I mean, he's saying the right things. He's an optimistic, positive guy. Well, yesterday he he was asked about this. So he the, the Vegas media that covered him for four seasons there, including a Stanley Cup final. I mean, he put hockey on the map in the desert. Absolutely did, and. 
I mean, if you remember the shooting that happened right before they dropped the first puck on their inaugural season, that hockey team was embedded with that community and was part of that healing process. Hey, his his former Vegas teammates are are you know telling people this week that he built sports in Las Vegas. Yes, you know, without the Golden Knights, great. Uh, attendance and and sellouts and and product and getting to the Stanley Cup final in the inaugural season, maybe the Raiders aren't moving there. Maybe they're not building. And you know, eventually you're gonna have an NBA team and a, a baseball team. It, it's gonna happen. So you could make the argument that he did build sports in that town. Here, here's Flurry on his uh, his return to Vegas. I don't know it just feels weird so far, right? Uh, obviously, we got in late last night, um, but just from there, the, the staff at the hotel was. Was nice and welcoming, you know. And um, it's weird to come to the rink and be in this locker room, you know, be on the other side and um, and all that. But I think it will be um, differently, more maybe emotional uh, tomorrow. He also said that you know he's been working back from this COVID. The first game he played against Colorado, I mean, he was great in that contest, right. and that's one of the best offenses in the entire National Hockey League. I don't know if you noticed during stoppages, kind of him leaning a little bit on the crossbar, not massaging it like he does no, after no. one goes off the sad. post, yeah. but he was exhausted, yeah. rightfully so. He hadn't been on the ice in 18 days. Uh, and he said got a little bit better the other day against Arizona. So he's working through that. He did admit to the press that, you know, it's been a difficult season. He's not used to the losing, especially at this time. I mean, they made the playoffs all four years he was in Vegas. Absolutely. He got to the Stanley Cup final in the first year, and uh, they were knocked off by Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals. So he's at age 37. Remember, he was a little reluctant to come here, but because of the changes that were made in the offseason – he thought, all right, you know, top one defenseman here. I've got a, a top seven player in the league in Patrick Kane to bring it up and coming. Taves coming back. All these things. And he's like, all right, I'm in. Well, gets off to uh, the worst start possible. Changes made. Colleton gone. Bump with Derek King. Now we're trying to figure out what, what really is this team. Is this team the, the post-Derek King bump? Or is this more of what we're seeing right now? So, to me... Yes, everything is on the table. If, if I'm Kyle Davidson, the interim general manager, everything is there. Everything is available. I'm, I'm answering every call, every text. Now, there are no movement clauses. So right, sure. the fact that Kane and Taves, they can decide whether or not they want to go anywhere. Uh, Kane would not be part of my plan to move and rebuild this team. The way I look at it is... If a player can be part of the solution when you're going to be good, and when that is, when that window might open once again, and I'm saying that's three years away legitimately to, to be might, might maybe be optimistically. four, three to four, I think Patrick could be a part of a cup team three and four years down the road. Now, I have to ask that about everybody else on the list. To me, the only untouchable is it. Patrick Kane, and probably see, Seth Jones. I don't have any untouchables. I don't. I mean, yeah. that's where you're at. You know, you look at see, and see what the other the tenants in the United Center are doing currently and the rebuild they did in, in very short order. And it's much easier to do with an NBA roster. I understand that. But, you know, their idea was when they traded for Vucevic was to be a playoff team last year. It didn't come to fruition. Now they're on top of the Eastern Conference because DeMar DeRozan showed up. Um you're, you know, I, I don't know what you would get for Patrick Kane 
and or to bring it. But I'd have to put the word out there and find out what the offers were because you you are so far away from being a, a Stanley Cup contending team. And that's the goal. It's not just to be right. a, a, a you know, bottom seed playoff team and sneak in on occasion or, or middle of the pack. You spoiled us with three titles here in, in a decade, right? That That is still the bar and the goal. And I need to get back to the promised land. And if that means trading a 24-year-old Alex Dabrinkit, it sounds insane. I get it. But you gave away a couple of first-round picks. You, you know, you're, you're bereft of, of top picks now because Seth Jones and all that. You know, you need help on the defense. I get it. But you might need to start recouping some of that. And, and you know, I don't know what you have here in Kirby Doc. I know he's young. I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened to Dominic Kubalik. You know, the guys you thought were going to ascend and take other steps up the ladder and become that much better – well, that hasn't happened here in the last couple of seasons. No, no. Look, the, the three cups were based on a, a number one defenseman in Duncan Keith, mm-hmm. a hell of a number two defenseman in Brent Seabrook, a fantastic top four in uh, Nick Jalmerson, and, you know, the Johnny Oduyas of the world filling it, and, and, and the Hall of Famers on the offensive side. Sure. Kane. Taves, Hosa, and unbelievable complimentary players, stars, Pat, uh, Patrick Sharp. And, you know, the list goes on and on. A big buff. I mean, guys just who right. filled Got, needs, yeah. But, you know, those days those days are gone. This team, and, and to me, Alex at 24, again, when you say a great offer, well, let's just hypothetically throw something out there. Two number one picks. Oh, it starts. It starts with two number one picks. And, Someone can help me and, right now. And a prospect and whatever. Well, let's just boil it down to the picks because that's how I think you build championships. You add uh, pieces down the road sure. when you get close. Let's say the average batting rate for hits on a number one pick is around 50%. It might be slightly less than that. If I'm getting two number ones, I'm hoping one of those is Alex Debrinkit. I'm not willing to roll the dice on that. I'm just not. If I'm if I'm getting two number ones and in return I'm hoping to get Alex Debrinkit three or four years down the road, that doesn't make a lot of hockey sense. But it sense doesn't to stop me. with two number ones. No, it I doesn't mean, that stop. starts the no, conversation. But no, but this is where we get like, and they just got rid of one of their problems the other day, Alex Nylander. Ooh. You know, the changes. Let's do a change of scenery deal, okay? Alex Nylander, top pick. Eighth overall, didn't work in Buffalo, a horse crap team, couldn't score, couldn't do anything there, but a change of scenery. It does, that doesn't usually work. And it didn't work here. Showed brief glimpses of brilliance, and the rest of the time didn't give maximum effort. Yeah, showed I don't up, have showed time up for out those. of shape. Yeah, so like. Year. And, and those are the type of players you're going to get. You're gonna, oh, well, he was a number one pick. Yeah, why are you willing to give him to me? If, no, but I mean, if you're, if you're going to go get two number one picks in a couple, you know, a two yeah. and a three or whatever, I'm not, I'm not saying giving them away. Right. But three one two three three two three seven seven six. what would you do? I mean, if you're three or four years away, and I think that's realistic if not optimistic, it's great. I mean, is it just about having some star power here to sell tickets and to entertain? Or is it about, hey, you have to kind of realize where you're at. I always go back, you know, Bob Murray back in the day wanted to blow the whole thing up. And he said, we're, we're closer to being Ottawa than we are being 
whatever was the top team at the sure. time, right? And and he couldn't do what he wanted to do because they had a twenty seven season playoff streak going under uh, Bob Pulford, right? But he was basically saying you have to know who you are yes. and where you're at, yes. and be uh, be realistic to say we're we're near rock bottom, right? And you know what? They're closer to bottom than top right now. So again, if someone overwhelms me with an offer, then I have to pull the trigger on that because in the big picture. I have to have assets beyond one guy who I can count on, you know, game in, game out. And that's the only guy you can count on right now, game in, game game out. Where's this team at? You've, you've watched this team now. You've seen them in the bubble. You've seen them in the pandemic shortened year. You've seen them for about 34 games this year. New coach, different faces, different netminder. Now they're playing a different conference and, and uh, division than they did a year ago. Be honest. What what is the Chicago Blackhawks and and how do you get this franchise and restore it back to the cup winning days? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Barstool Chief will join us at the bottom of the hour. This is the Hockey Show on ESPN one thousand. You're listening to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Jones, the break it shoots. Tic tac toe passing on the two man advantage. Kane to the break it, and we are top. Kane with a head of steam. Kane with speed, sets up Debrinket, shoots, scores! Kane to Debrinket, reprise! And the Blackhawks have the lead! It is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. That was Alex Debrinket's two power play goals. In a 40-second span the other night against Colorado, that was on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, look, you know, you've got... Did you find the poll question? I did. Okay, so this th- this is the poll question. Should the Blackhawks trade Alex to Brinkett if they get a great offer? Your uh, choice is yes, no, stop the day drinking. How did you vote? Well, I'm not stopping the day drinking, but I'm still uh, <laughs> voting yes. Um, and, and believe look, it or not, you're in the majority right now. Look, I forty five percent. Are you guys nuts? Well, I, look, I, I'd love to watch Alex DeBrinket. I mean, is this team ever going? If they took him away, nobody would score. Well, I mean, sometimes they're not scoring when he's on the ice. And well, it's not his fault. Like, and you, yeah, look, you you said he was a superstar a few weeks ago, and I'm not. I'm with you on that. He, he's he's uh, fourth in the league in yeah. scoring on on a team where he's the only guy scoring. So uh, right. everybody's game planning to stop right. him since the start of last year. There's only two players that have scored more than him. I know, and he's on this offensively challenged team, and he's still pumping them in nightly. And like, what, I, I, and what is that got in you right now? You lost to the Coyotes. Well, no, I, it, look, but I I, I got to start somewhere. I got to start rebuilding somewhere. He's he's the untouchable. Okay, he, he's you know. I mean, you guys. See, people are weighing in three one two three three two three seven seven six. You, if you were in Brian's camp and you think that that's a way to jumpstart this thing, then uh, by all means, give us a call three one two three three two three seven seven six. Mike in Palos Heights joins the show. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? Hey guys, uh, great show. And uh, unfortunately, Brian, I'm not in your camp this morning. I agree with Fred. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fred's I, on at 11. Fred's on at 11. from when we got rid of Panarin? He, I mean, he was a, a superstar, and he still is, and he's like New York would never part with him. And 
or what I can't even remember what, if he's still there. But anyhow, my point is maybe watching after, and I watch all the games. I've had tickets for forty years. I, I why not split Kane and to bring it up because those two are the only two mm. guys that really can set up the plays. Obviously, to bring it gets set up on that shot that was what I used to call the sharp shot, and to me. You know, they maybe need to split those two, even though... Well, Kane's, the not, Kane's not scoring, and he doesn't even look to score many nights. So who's going to set up Dabrinkit? You want to well, see... You know, Mike, he did... They've The last two games, yeah. Kane and Dabrinkit have been split up. And right. uh, and Kane is still searching for the goal. They're teaming up on the power play. They, they've been uh, unstoppable on that. And Patrick, for, for all his struggles to score goals, and thanks for the phone call... It's least getting nightly assists, another multi-assist game the other night in Arizona. And again, had like 13 shot attempts. I know. Uh, everything but go in. Now, look, I think he's hurt. People are going to be like, oh, why do you always mention, like, you know, nagging injury on a year where his number... First of all, his numbers have not been down since 2016 when he, when he won the Hart Trophy. Uh, he doesn't use it as an excuse and is not going to talk about it, but... He's got, he's dealing with something. And the reason he probably didn't have it taken care of surgically in the offseason is because he wanted to play in the Olympics. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. By the way, is Freddie Freddie coming in an hour early to start this show? Oh, yeah. Fred's here. Fred's here. All right, let's go to Howard in Highland Park. Good morning, Howard. Hi, how are you tonight? We're doing all right. Good. So, you know, I've been watching the Hawks for the last 40, 50 years. And my issue is, is that they won a, a, a three, you know, Stanley Cups and all that with with Dale Talent's team and not Stan Bowman's team. So I think what you got now is you got, you know, seven, eight, whatever his years of mediocrity, talent that was never gotten, talent that was never built up, talent that is put by the wayside, uh, trades to, to make things go one year longer. And I think you've got to blow it up. And I think if, if you could get Patrick Kane to, to, to go to, on a trade to a, to a contending team, I'd do it tomorrow. you got one guy on your team to build against, and that's Alex Dabrinkit. The rest are expendable. Everybody. All right, Howard. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, a lot of people seem to be in that camp that Dale Town did not get enough credit for uh, picking the foundation of sure, his team. Sure. Well, Smith was the one that, that uh, picked Duncan Keith. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, you got to give Stan some credit for putting in the supplementary parts in a salary salary cap era. He had to rebuild each cup winning team, right? So, so you got to give him some credit there. But yes, the cornerstones they were not his draft pick. Although Alex DeBrinket, who Howard just mentioned as his current cornerstone, right. that was a second round pick. Understand? Okay, and that's terrific. To me, if you're if you're going to entertain the Debrinket conversation and trade, you're certainly entertaining. You first you go to Patrick Kane and see if he he's willing to waive his no uh, movement clause and no trade clause because Debrinket without Kane, even though they've been separated the last couple of games, in the long term that's not going to help Alex Debrinket. You want to see a guy kind of hung out to dry without the 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 great assist man on his side for a full season. Good luck. Yeah. Let's go back to the phone lines. Dan in Lake Forest joins the hockey show. Good morning, Dan. Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? I'm just curious what you would expect to get out of uh, with the trade of, of Alex. 
I mean, you know you've got a superstar right now. What are you hoping to get? Another, you know, two superstars? I don't think that's realistic. You've right. got a foundation to build from, and I'm, I'm totally on board with the last caller. If you can get something for Kane right now, God, God knows we love him, but if he's looking to go to, if you can go to a team that's going to win this year, we can get something from for him. Uh, that's the angle I would take. Well, you're going to get draft picks for either. I mean, Kane or Debrinket. You're not going to go get a top six forward right now. And again, if you, that's what you're going to do, Alex Debrinket by himself. You want to see his numbers go south for another season or two as you rebuild? I mean, it's either blow it up completely, and that means Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinket go. If if Patrick Kane so willing is so willing to do Dan, so. thanks for the phone call. And I've been saying this for a couple of years. They ha- they should have had that conversation with him a year and a half ago, yeah. right? Well, look, Mark Andre Fleury is a is a obvious trade deadline acquisition for sure, somebody. Sure. I mean, at the Edmonton Oilers right now are mired in, in an 11. They, they've lost 11 of 13. And they've got Tippett is calling out their goalie Koskinen. And he's saying, I don't appreciate being thrown under the bus. I mean, they are a train wreck. Well, look, they he's, could he's use th- a goalie. 37 and one year contract. He's going to go somewhere. He's not right. sticking around next year. Right. So like to me, you might get if there's a team desperate enough and he's playing at a high level. Now, that's the other thing. You know, he's playing behind this defense and right. this team that no. lost to, to I think most Arizona. GMs would project him as the goalie of last year as right. long as he's healthy. Right. Not, and and not, he's been good this year. Yeah, sure you know, he since and the he's first been, 12 streaks, games. He's been great. So, you know, we'll get back to your, your calls as well. Like, where do you go from here? What is the next step? Is this a total rebuild? What direction do you think they're going in right now? And to me, if you were a consultant, and they were asking you what direction and how to go about it, what would you say to the Blackhawks brass? And we're going to pose that question to Barstool Chief and ask him what the hell he was doing with Ozzie Guillen the other night. That's next. It's the <laughs> Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Show on ESPN 1000, Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. Blackhawks back in action tonight against a tough Vegas team. Uh, just off the strip, 8.30 pregame on NBC Sports Chicago, 9 o'clock faceoff as Marc-Andre Fleury returns to the uh, city where he put hockey on the map. Uh, this guy, he thinks he put hockey on the map here in Chicago. At least uh, that's, that's what he's going with. He's Barstool Chief at Barstool Chief. You can hear him on Redline Radio and apparently... He is also Ozzy Gian's new bestie. Good morning, Chief. How you doing? Uh, I've been better, I think. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Like, thank God I'm at Barstool, the one company in America where embarrassing yourself is actually a good thing. So, so okay, I saw the picture this morning. You guys, obviously, like in front of a green screen or whatever for uh, in front of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, what, what was the occasion that you were hanging out with the great Ozzy? So we, Barstool opened a sports bar in River North. Uh, 14 West Hubbard, officially open to the public today. So we had, you know, a bunch of different people out, different athletes, you know, 
Your your invitation, Pat, must have got lost. Yeah, what what happened there, Chief? <laughs> I was actually off last night. I know I'm feeling a little. You know slighted. what? I, that's on me. I dropped the ball. I was going through the you know going through the list, and I just it slipped my mind. I was too focused on Ozzy, I guess. You're, you, and, like uh, your hockey list can't be that big because we know it doesn't get enough coverage in this town. If I'm not on it, but, damn yeah. you. You know, I was just like the guys are out of t- the you know the Hawks are out of town, so I'm just gonna you know no hockey, and that's just how my brain went. So I messed up, Pat. This is my sincere apology. All right, thanks, Chief. Well, next time you yeah. open a, a bar, <laughs> please invite the, the Irishman and, and a plus one, and yeah. a plus one, and a plus, yeah. Well, Brian, you could be on the list as well. So next time, maybe next weekend, guys, we'll run it back. But uh, I'm hoping that picture just will die off the internet before then. I will say this about Ozzy when I was covering the White Sox and he was managing, it was like two drink minimum in the dugout before the game when he would meet the media. And every story would start, well, we were at the bullfights and we were drunk. And we were here and we were drunk. I mean, it was, we were drunk in the first sentence. So God bless. It's always fun with Ozzy. And, you know, like we've had Ozzy on our shows, I don't know, maybe three times now, four times, but he'll just come in and sit with us for like four hours and just tell stories. So, like, I love Ozzy Guillen. Like I was thrilled to see him last night. I was I was really happy he was there. A little too happy, apparently. <laughs> apparently, and, uh, but um, but you know I I do I I love that guy and that picture is I don't know it is it's taken off. So he's, what are you going to do? He's Never the best. I, I got an opportunity yeah. to work with him again this summer, uh, filling in for Chuck Garfine. By the way, I think that's the the best pre post show oh. in town. Ozzy and Frank are are must see TV with Chuck, especially after losses. That's what, like, one of the, oh, yeah. he, he said to me, he's like, he's like, we didn't lose. He's like, we win every night on this postgame show. And then thing goes off the rails in a hurry. So it's good stuff. Hey, let's talk about the, the, uh, the hockey team that's beloved to you. If I, uh, for sake of argument, we know that right now they've got Mike Ford as a consultant kind of to assess where the hockey op situation is. Let's just cut everything out and say, Kyle Davidson, and Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz are in a boardroom at 1901 West Madison. And for some reason, for some strange reason, they called you, Chief. And they said, mm-hmm. come meet with us. What direction, what what advice would you be giving them of where this team is at and how to get it back to prominence? I, I, I think they're three years minimum away from being like actually competitive again. So, you know, that window, I, I was always the one, like, pushing, like, let's just keep trying to win, keep trying to win while you have Taves and Kane and obviously Keith and the year before Crawford. It's, it seemed like they still had enough, and they were trying to do this weird, terrible rebuild on the fly, unable to draft and develop, unable to identify talent elsewhere. I mean, how, how do you not win a playoff series since 2015 and still have nothing to show for in your in your prospect pool, they got Lucas Reichel, and that's really it. So the fact that they've gone seven years now, effectively, where they're trying to rebuild or reconstruct or whatever they wanted to call it, the the prospect pool is barren. Like they and I like you know I like some of these guys. I like Doc. I like Ian Mitchell, but none of them are franchise altering. Uh, you know, they're going to carry us to a championship. They're just not. And I think Stan sold Danny on this vision of Doc is Taves and, you know, Seth Jones is going to be Duncan Keith and to bring it is the next Kane. And that, and they're all really good players or really nice players, but they're not, 
that triumvirate of the Taves, Kane, Keith. It's just they're just not that that great. So now they they really need to kind of tear it all down. There's not one guy. I mean, I love Seth Jones. So outside of him, I don't think there's anybody else currently on the roster or that is a guarantee to be on the team when they're good again. So it's time to just really tear it down. Present. Well, 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 hold on, hold on there. So because because this is a poll question this morning, I was absolutely no. Stop the presses on it. Uh, uh, if someone blew you out of the water with an offer for Alex to bring it, would you consider moving him? Because he's 24, Chief. I mean, when this team is good yeah, again, I, he I, better be. I mean, he'll be 27 or 28. That's right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, but then his next deal, he's going to make what, 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but look, yeah, I mean, look, if you give me two number one draft picks, I'm hoping one of those guys turns into Alex to bring it. Like, for sure. I, yeah, for so, sure. like, it, I guess. I guess I don't think he's a $10 million player, and I think somebody will give him $10 million. So I, I'd rather not be the team to do that. And if you can recoup assets and, and try to get you know, more, you got to have more. And I love Alex to bring it, too. Like he, he's turned himself into a complete hockey player. He's, really, he's a really good player. I don't think he's Patrick Kane. I don't think he's a – what I mean by that is a frontline all-star carry you through the playoffs type of guy. Like I, just, I think he's the perfect number two, number three weapon on a really, really, really good team. You yeah. know, and I, it, he's not Miko Rantanen. He's not Sebastian Ajo. Like, there, there, there are other players in this league, and I know he pumps in goals, and you need goals to win. But I, I, think, I, I think I would, if someone, you know, like you said, had some unbelievable offer, yeah, I would I would listen on Alex to bring it, too. You, you have to, and you can't just do one or the other. I mean, you have to go to Patrick Kane and, and sound him out, and I'm not so sure, just like Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, it's a different circumstance, but is it really? Does Patrick Kane want to sit here and babysit for the next three or four years and, and knowing that he's not going to win anything, might not even be in the postseason, um, as much as you would hate to see he leave Chicago – uh, if you're going to blow it up, you have to blow it up, and that means getting as many. You mentioned the pipeline being pretty barren, and, and the fact that we're still we're all here questioning how what the ceiling for Kirby Doc is is because we're watching Kirby Doc for the last year and a half between yeah. injury and whatever's going between the years right now. They really, they I really don't even blame Doc too much. They really messed up his development. They needed another forward his rookie year. I think that's why they drafted him third because he was the most NHL ready. He, they probably knew he didn't have the highest ceiling of a Zgris. I wanted Bo Byram that year. Me too. Like they, I think they drafted him because they were like, man, like you have to remember McDonough was still there. Stan had promised them that the problem was coaching. So he was on the hot seat. They need another forward. That's why they drafted him. And remember, they that was the chief. The chief, that was the uh, the big draft where every guy they got was was well over six feet. Didn't matter if it was defenseman, forward. Yep. That was their big draft. They they go they used to go into drafts, and hopefully they'll break this trend. And they'd be like, you know, the, the, the draft that was at the United Center. We're gonna we, we don't have any defensemen. We'll draft eight, and we're still waiting They're for one of them to it. hit. They're they were always chasing it. They never had a plan. I swear it was that one year where Calgary with like Johnny Hockey. And they had some skilled puck moving defense when they they were the one seed in the West. I think they lost in the first round, but it was just like everybody just decided that the league was going small, fast, skilled, and that was the way of the future. And then the next year, the Blues won it just by beating everybody up. Right. And like you know, so it's just like you have to have 
your convictions about what your team identity is going to be. And the most important thing is making your opponent uncomfortable. And you can do that in a variety of different ways. You can do it with speed and skill. But they were always just chasing whatever the most successful team was the year before. They never had a plan to understand Bowman. He didn't know what he was doing. And that's how you, you have, they vacillate between these, you know, we're rebuilding, we're not. We're going small, we're going big. They didn't know what they were doing at all, ever. And that's why this is such a disaster now. And, and I was saying to, to PB during the break, if I'm a season ticket holder and I'm writing a, a pretty hefty check because it's my passion, it's what I love to do, and I've been doing it for you know decades, it's great to say I want to come out and see Patrick Kane when he's 100% and, and to brink it and, and see these two guys work every, every, time I can, every chance I get. But if you know that even if they are going great, you're not going to be a playoff team for the next four or five years, that check gets more and more difficult to write each and every year because I'm not, you know, I can watch them on TV. I can go do the occasional game. So I, I don't know how much that comes into play in the front office about selling tickets, but you have to be honest with your fan base at some point, like other teams have been and say, you know what, we need to get back to Stanley cup contending teams. And those two aren't going to be good enough. So we need assets. Yeah, and and I I do think that Taves and Kane have earned the right to kind of decide what the, how they want to end their careers. If they say, hey, like we want to stay here and have another contract, to me, all right, you guys are staying here. We'll work out the money. We'll figure it out. But yeah, everybody else, you know, I I would be shopping literally everybody, and, uh, and, and I just don't think they have I mean any any foundational franchise type pieces. So I, I'm with you, and I'm tired. I do feel as a fan that they were, they have not been uh, forthright and they haven't like admitted what's going on. And it's, you know, we got to get the right guys in there, get fully out of there. Cause you know, he kind of tells the truth on the broadcast. We better get somebody else on there. So it, it, it's really like, I've, I've been very disappointed with the organization on multiple levels as everybody has, but it, this has been a problem for a long time. And it's going to be a while before they're good. I'm still going to watch them every night because I'm a sucker. But <laughs> it's it's going to it's going to take a long time before they're a very competitive team. And it feels like we're drifting back. You know, I mean, like you guys remember when it was, you know, like I I remember wanting to go to games when I was in college. Like, oh, the Sharks and Joe Thornton are coming, or Peter Forsberg's yep, now. Yeah. Like that's going to be the only reason to go for a while. Well, here's the thing, and I will say this about Kyle Davidson, because he's starting to undo some of the, the stuff that, that Stan did, like Alex Nylander the other day. Now, again, Thanks. it didn't turn into a it's a bottom six, you know, Ford and Lafferty. I don't expect much there, but he's not. I would take a used roll of tape. I don't. Yeah, like no, I know. I like, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, it, I was saying to Brian at the top of the show, the change of scenery deals. Stan did a, a million of those. And yeah. you might say the the only one that worked. Well, Hanzu certainly worked. That was a great addition. Yeah. But the like Dylan Strom. Now you'd say that didn't exactly work out. He's back down to to probably where he's going to be. In now his... he needs a change of scenery. Well, here's my question to you because we we agree that Lucas Reichel is the only real player they have in the pipeline. Judging by what you said about Kirby Doc and and disrupting his development. I guess you would vote for not burning a year of his entry-level deal this year and putting him on this offensively starving team past nine games just to uh, to to put a few more uh, W's in the in the win column and stunt his growth. Right? You want Reichel? Well, that, 
That kind of depends on if how like three D chess you want to play it. Because if you if you call them, if you're looking at like where the contracts will stack up in three years, mm-hmm. you might want to burn this year just so he doesn't light the league on fire next year and have like he his first RFA deal is going to be huge. Right, like that could be a factor. So you actually might want to be like, yeah, we're going to burn the year. And maybe his production is limited this year, but by the, so then when it's year three and it's time to re-sign him, he doesn't have all the arbitration rights in the world, and he's because he is so good. So I could see like if you're if you're really trying to plan out for his next deal, if you really believe in him, burn it this year, and then sign him to a, maybe a more modest deal, uh, assuming that he doesn't put up huge numbers right away this year. But yeah, I mean I I'm not I'd like to see him at the NHL level. But, yeah, if, if, if they decided to leave him down at this point, I wouldn't care either. I think they missed their window, uh, obviously, now that they're so far out of it. I think if they had brought him up, I know he had some a concussion problem and COVID problem, but I think if they had brought him up um, earlier, I think they, he may, maybe he does give them a shot in the arm and allows them to kind of slot their lineup properly. Um, you know, maybe you can slide Hagel down. or You know, like you could do different things with your top nine if you have one more nice offensive piece in there, but that window has shut. So it, it, it kind of, you know, I, would, I, I like, I think I like Davidson's move so far. So if he thinks it's the right thing, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, if they call him up, I, I kind of have a hunch that they're going to call him up sooner rather than later, but we'll see how that goes. Good stuff, chief. Uh, we'll be talking down the road. Uh, best Ozzy again. Yeah, save a bar stool for us, all right? All right? Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, Thank it's you. Barstool Chief uh, joining us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We crosstalk with the man of the day on ESPN 1000, the one and only Fred Hubner, next on ESPN 1000. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball, Chicago's Big Ten team. Coach Collins and the Cats host Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, and a whole bunch more in Big Ten play. Buy tickets now at nusports.com. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Thanks to our great sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park. Thanks to our producers, Tyler Aki, Jake Cantu. Thanks to Barstool Chief. And uh, Brian, you get the privilege the next few hours to uh, sit in with uh, a Chicago sports radio legend. Oh, my girlfriend hates when she hears that. She goes, oh, you're a legend, all right. <laughs> Freddie Hubner. <laughs> Freddie, well, what was it like coming to work today, knowing this is the the last show? It's the last full show. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a post game tomorrow, but you're not gonna, you know, that's just talking bears and leading into Matt Nagy's, you know, yes. dri- drivel for right, 15 right. minutes. Black Monday, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool. And um, driving down, I was glad that it was uh, it's nice out today. It's going to be a little bit warmer because the last couple of days were so damn cold. It used to be fun coming downtown, and then when I had a condo down here, it was a lot of fun. Just you walk, walk over, back yeah. and forth, yeah. But uh, the last year or two has been a little bit more difficult coming downtown, and um, 
yeah, I just figured it's, I've had too many friends, even before COVID, get sick and not make it and stuff like that. It's like, well, if I don't have to work, why should I? So right now I don't really have to. I did the last year or so because I needed insurance, mm-hmm. which is what everyone's going to end up looking at. But then uh, SAG after told me, hey, you got insurance till uh, 12, 31, 22. I said, okay, hey, I'm gone. Pick up the phone. Ding, ding. You know, hey, Mary Merck, I got to come and talk to you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I said. I told Randy, I said, Randy, I'm going to be 65 in May and um, I'm done. I'm not working. He yeah, goes, what? You've been telling me for the last year and a half, 65. So I'm thinking, I've got yeah. a few more great months with you. And then all of a sudden, yeah. a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, nah, I'm done. We don't want to realize, too, that the last several years, heck, the last 40 years, I've eat, I've had to run home to catch NFL playoff games because I was usually being right. here for some reason or another if our station didn't have the games. I don't want to have to do that anymore. So next week is the first wild card weekend, 15th and 16th, and they're playing. So I'm going to sit on my couch and watch every game start to finish and not worry about having to work or take notes on the game or who does this mean, who are they going to – I don't care who they're going to play. I'm just going to watch the games and enjoy. You can apply for a job at Hallis Hall. They they might be, they're they're looking for some <laughs> they're, well for fifteen ops for fifteen bucks an hour. You know, yeah, for oh, a lot, I mean that's that? that? I mean, <laughs> is that unbelievable? I mean, well, it's hey, so to it's be so fair, bears. minimum wage was like eight bucks at that point back then. Yeah, yeah maybe it's, ten in the city. Yeah, but now it's fifteen. So they were way ahead of their time when they offered Olin Crutes fifteen. <laughs> they were you know they were being generous. They were probably surprised to be they were probably surprised he was looking for money. They probably thought, well, you know, you've made your money. You'll yeah, probably you just, just come out in for the love of the yeah. game. Yeah. What? I mean, I mean I, it's a billion dollar, co- multi billion dollar. I, said, I was company. telling Tyler and, and Jake, I was like, when the Giants a couple of weeks ago offered or their season ticket holders got a medium soft drink free at the concession That's stand. That's right. Who sits there and looks at that and doesn't realize that what a punchline you're going to be everywhere? Yeah. And who would sit there and say, well, I only like to come to work? You know, what, what's a fair offer? Well, <laughs> hourly, we don't want to give them just a, a, st- a stipend or a salary. What, 15 bucks sounds about yeah. Right? Are you kidding me? They'd be better if they gave him three hundred dollars a day every yeah, time he I, came in. At least it wouldn't sound as bad. I, you just, know? How do you? Boy, I bet you that job pays twenty one dollars now. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you know, get a sign up bonus too, just like I you know, bet, everywhere I else. I bet you they'd open up the coffers well, for maybe twenty two now. All the wanted signs everywhere, and everyone's got a signing bonus. Right? I know. So, I know. So Olin might, might got a hundred bucks signing bonus to go with the fifteen twenty one bucks an hour. Freddie, yeah. do you have a favorite ESPN one thousand story of all the show you've you've worked on every show? Or is it going to be morning, your, noon, is it, and night? Is it going to be in your book? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I whenever, I, whenever I decide to put one out. I mean, when I first got here, I was doing updates. So I was doing updates during Greeny and Golick in the morning. So I'd get here and J.R. Strauss and I would talk baseball for four hours. And I'd run in the booth every, you know, three or four times an hour and do a, you know, 30-second update here. The network only gives you 22 seconds here. And they ran long. And You never uh, choked on your breakfast like Tom Share, though, right? I came pretty close. Did I, you? I had a couple of shows where I, I was late and I ran into the booth and I was out of breath. And I could only, I gave like one story and then hit the pause. And Sylvie goes, You're kind of winded, aren't you? I said, Yeah, yeah a little bit. A little, little bit. A little bit. <laughs> well, Pat so, was saying, How long has it been? And I said, Well, do you include Sports Phone? I mean, think about it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, Sports Phone was uh, November of 77. Wow. And I worked there till 90. I worked at the score from uh, March of 92 yeah, until 08. Start, yeah. I had to leave the score because they didn't want to pay me anymore, so I guess I'll, I guess I'll leave. Well, they weren't paying 15 <laughs> bucks an hour there. No. I remember, no. I think the first four-hour shifts were getting like 50 bucks. Yeah. And they didn't have enough commercials, so we'd have to put a public service announcement to go use the restroom. And sure. like You'd be out of breath coming back because you're hustling down yeah, there. Yeah, you had no spots. Yeah. I know. And before that, I had done uh, two years. Before MAQ went to All News, I did uh, two months of... Uh, 
um, Saturday talk shows. Four hours, they had a network news till, for, uh, till seven after, and then no commercials for the next 53 minutes. I went from doing one-minute updates on sports phone to 53 minutes of live 50,000-watt radio. So that was quite a treat. But uh, a lot of the stuff here has been great. I've loved doing uh, remotes, which kind of slowed down the last several years. Yes. I mean, Mongo, working with Mongo every single time I did was awesome. Um, you know, working with Wild and Sylvie. Everybody I've worked with here has been great. Absolutely, Absolutely wonderful. It's the best family around. And that's what it is. I mean, it came up a lot when we were talking about JD a couple weeks ago. But it is family. And yeah, it's, it absolutely And is. I'm a little bit. I'm, the, I'm like the outsider because I'm the older guy came from the other station. No, I'm the outsider. Well, and I, don't, I yeah. mean, I don't have the kids like they all have, and they, I don't live up north. So basically, you take all those things away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're swimming in Waddle's pool. Well, it's going to take me an hour and a half to yeah. get there. Or whatever, you still get you know? the invite to the Super Bowl party. That's all that oh, really matters. Right. I, I, check with, matters. I check with Waddle right away, so I'll be there it's, on the 13th. Your grandfather did on that yeah, one. I just Waddle will take care of you. I just got to make sure I don't get there as early as I used to. <laughs> Freddie, tip of the cap to you. You've been always a professional. Worked with you several shows over the, the many yep. years that you've been here. Uh, I'm looking back and forward to listening to you over the next few hours. Enjoy retirement. Thanks. And uh, that's going to do it for the hockey show. Up next, it's Freddie Palooza. Freddie Palooza. Brian, <laughs> Brian, I'll see you. Uh, I'll, I'll listen to you here in the next few hours. And uh, I'll Unless talk to I you next Saturday. this week, Pat. Let, let's hope the Blackhawks <laughs> get a couple of wins. They're back in action tonight against Vegas 830 pregame. That's going to do it for the hockey show. Up next, it's Freddie Palooza on ESPN 1000.